our first reading, Luke 2, 1 through 14. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people to you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. Our second lesson continues on where Alex left off. Luke's account of the birth narrative. He read 2, 1 through 14, and I will pick up with 15 and go through 20. Luke 2, 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem to see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And the Grinch with his Grinch feet in the ice and the snow stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled for three hours till his puzzler got sore. And that Grinch thought something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, hmm, perhaps, means a little bit more. The Grinch got it. Through his adventure, he figured out something was bigger and better than what he thought. It wasn't just about the stuff. It's far deeper. That's why we're here tonight, to celebrate together that Christmas is more than just a little bit more. 
So as we have heard all season, we have been building the light. Lot of themes of light in darkness in Advent. Each week we light one more. Hope, peace, joy. And today the Woodruff family lit love for us this morning. And tonight, the Christ candle. The Christ candle that signifies that Christ is indeed breaking into the world to do something new in God's love. So, the story. You've heard this before. If you come once a year, this is all you hear. <laughs> There's so much more, but this is good too. <clears throat> Joseph and Mary have a reason to go to Bethlehem, the city of David, taxation. They're there. Joseph didn't call ahead to get a reservation. He's already in trouble with Mary. She is great with child. All of that doesn't bode well for their relationship at this point. But they get there. Reservation under Joseph and Mary and baby Messiah. Nope, nothing for you. But out back, maybe some animals, it's at least inside, it's warm in our stable. Some even say a cave, beautiful stable, construction over there. And so they went. And God breaks into the world. God, in a feeding trough, this thing, it's meant to feed the animals. There's straw in it. It's a big dish for animals. And that's where he is born in that place, and that's where they place him. The Lord of all, King of kings. And then the pitiful shepherds out in the field doing their thing have no idea what's about to hit them. They are stinky, they are outcast. They are doing their thing, just minding their sheep and their business, when all of a sudden, boom! The heavenly host, guess what? Great news of great joy for all people. It's coming tonight, and we want you to go and see it. Heavenly host appears, all the light again bleeds out the darkness with God's amazing, radiant love. Shepherds say, we'll go. And so they go, and they see the Christ child. And that's where this one ends, with Mary pondering, Gabriel was right. This child is a special child who will change the world. And that's our story. That's the story for Christmas Eve and for Christmas. You might say to yourself, well, what does it mean? A nice tale that we remember. Miracles, we want miracles in this time, in this world where we look out and we are begging God to help us in the midst of so much terror and violence, whether that's in our homes, our community, our country, around the world, 
Easy to look out and see that the world is a mess and out of control, but it is not. Hope, joy, hope, peace, joy, peace. Second candle? Where's that peace, pastor? I look around, all I see is terrible suffering. The peace that Christ brings isn't a cessation of everything bad in the world. Christ never said, follow me and all bad things will go away. Christ never said, following me will be easy. If we do it right, it will be harder. But Christ says, I can bring you peace in this world and the next because I will be with you in those terrible moments and in those moments of celebration and in every moment in between. Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. This incarnation, we sometimes forget the wonder of that. God is different from us. God wanted to experience what it was like to be us, so God became us in a little helpless infant. And the peace came in the understanding that we do not walk this journey alone and that Christ has already taken care of those pieces that we can't. The sin and the death that separates us from God, from one another and ourselves, should we open ourselves and welcome this child into our hearts again? Christ provides the way home to God, reconciliation, forgiveness, new life now, not just afterlife, but now that leads to that. It is glorious. It is wondrous. I do not want us to forget that. And it's so easy because it's, it's our story. It's what we read. Caesar, Augustus, and the taxation of honor. We go back to the peanuts and all of them telling the story, Linus, the theologian of the group, telling them how it is, what it is. Yeah, we know the story. We do. But do we let the story transform us? That is up to us. And this scene tonight, a scene like no other, open for a variety of interpretations, Okay, so the little black dot with some light in it, what you're seeing is Rembrandt's adoring of the shepherds. And Rembrandt is known for his interplay of light and darkness, shadows and light, and so we pay attention just like in Advent. Where are the shadows and where is the light? As I mentioned, very easily in the world, we can look and be overcome with the darkness and let that be the focus of our lives because that's what everything tells us. The world is wrong and broken and dark and spinning out of control. And yet, we have been lighting the light of Christ. And if you look here, 
On the bright bottom left, you see Mary and Joseph just behind. Kneeling in front of the child are the shepherds. There are sheep in the foreground that you can't see. On the very top right, there is a ladder with some cross beams that form a cross. There is a shadow that you cannot see that is cast upon them. There is a rooster somewhere in there giving us foreshadowing that Christ will be betrayed. The day he is born, it is clear that he has come to give his life for us. We celebrate the birth, the miraculous birth for a lot of reasons. But when he comes in, everything changes and the course is set to Easter and Holy Week, the cross and the empty tomb. It begins there. But the thing I really like about this is that if you look at the source of the light, it is not light coming in from outside. It is not the shepherds with lanterns. It is not candles around that space. The light is coming from the child itself and emanating out to those around. Rembrandt looks and sees that Christ is the light and makes him the light in a very dark place and a very dark time. As we look and go about the world, we can say, well, none of this really matters. But it does. It matters so much. Because, friends, our job is not only to accept and to follow Christ, but then to use the gifts that we've been given to carry that light out into the world that we know is filled with darkness. Our job is to go to those dark places, and that's not easy. It means that we have to help people who are struggling. It means that we have to engage systems that are not fair in this country and around the world. It means we need to take Christ's love and grace, hope, peace, joy, love, and let it emanate and point to Christ just like John the Baptist did. That was his job. He pointed to Christ. It's not me, it's him. That is our job too. We are light bearers, every single one of us. And wherever you are in the theological spectrum, you are loved by God. If you are an atheist or you don't know how all of this works together and you've not felt like there's enough, you are safe and you are in the right place and God still loves you. I just challenge you to open your heart and open your life and continue to ask questions. Don't just stop. Don't just say, I need more rational answers, preacher. I need more science of this. So I'm throwing the literal Christ child out with the bathwater. If you do that, you're missing so much. So much joy, so much challenge, so much meaning in life is in this simple understanding that we've been given the light of Christ inside of us and that transforms who we are and we want others to know that love, that hope, peace, joy, and love. And if we don't take it to them, if we don't share them in safe ways, in word and in deed, then it just doesn't go. Or we assume 
some smaller branch of Christians that are more comfortable with that kind of thing, talking in public about Jesus, and they'll take care of it. Well, they can't. And that's not right. That is denying our call. The light is emanating into the darkness from the Christ child. Well, preacher, where is God in the midst of the Ukrainian war? Where is God in the midst of Israel and Palestine? This is a picture some of you may have seen. This is from Bethlehem, city of Bethlehem, where Christmas has all been but canceled this year because of the war. This is from an evangelical Lutheran Christmas Christian church in Bethlehem. They are Palestinian Christians, of which there are about 11,000 in that area. And instead of the manger scene they normally put out, the pastor, I want to call his name right, Munther Isaac, Dr. Reverend Dr. Isaac, made a manger scene of Christ among the rubble to symbolize all of those families who are looking for their children amongst the rubble. And if you look in the back, those figures, that is Joseph and Mary in the back, and those are shepherds, as if they are looking for their child who they cannot find because he is in the midst of this bombing this collapsed structure. And when asked about this, the reverend says, the Christmas story gives us hope. It tells us that baby Jesus is in solidarity with those who are suffering, with those who are oppressed. We find our only source of hope is our faith in a just God and in our solidarity with one another. If you look and you say, where is Christ? Here is the answer. Christ is in the midst of that rubble with every suffering child, parent, adult, male, female, Israeli, Palestinian, all of it. Christ is there in the middle, in the heart, and Christ suffers And Christ's light is there even amidst their darkness. To them, this means more than a sweet story of a miraculous birth. To them, they are hanging their head and their lives on the hope of a loving God that is with them through this child. So tonight, as we celebrate this story, think about how you are being called to take the light into the world. Never forget that Christ is with you amongst your piles of rubble, in your heart, in your relationships, in your life, in your mind, in your families, in your friendship groups, in your churches, in the community, and in the world. We do not walk this journey alone. 
And Christ has come to save us in this life and the next. And friends, that is the good news. And that is why we celebrate. We celebrate Emmanuel, that God is with us. Amen?